Welcome to a very special edition of the Giant Bombcast. I'm Brad Shoemaker. Jeff Gersman is here. Hello, I am here. I, is this a bombcast? I don't know. Is this this is a Giant Bomb Presents? Uh, yeah, okay. You want to go with that? We've I got feel, multiple feeds to I, work with I, That's here. true. I feel like we need to class audio it. audio offering. Yes. I feel like There's we a, need to class it up a little bit. There's a breadth and a depth. That's true. Uh, Microsoft's Aaron Greenberg is here. How you doing, sir? I'm excited to be here. Yeah. You guys have quite a quite an operation here. Yes, so we got audio baffling in here. It's like nicely air conditioned. It's, yeah. uh, it's a it's a heck of a studio. And this is the one we're going to be moving out of soon. So hopefully the new one is an upgrade, better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this equipment has been here for like a decade. It does look old. It yeah. is it is ancient for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I appreciate you stopping by. I don't know how we rated you. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I, you I'm know, just gonna be honest. <laughs> it's all good. It's like you're head of marketing at Xbox. No, you're I like know, you're, you're the hey, guy. I'm, I'm a fan of the show, yeah. and I happen to be in town. Uh, and our PR team thought I should get out here and yeah. tell you a bunch of great things and answer all your tough questions. And right, so many it. of the other outlets are folding these days. At some point, true. just by attrition, yep. yeah, we will rate everyone. Process yeah. of elimination. Yeah. We'll outlast them for sure. We're, yeah. your, we're, we're your last chance to get on a podcast. So, yeah. uh, what? <laughs> So what uh, what what occasioned your your visit uh, here? I mean, obviously we're coming up on the holidays. We you know, are. you guys are shipping games left and right, and yep. accessories and and a new operating system. We have a uh, lot going on right now. I would say the highlight for us really is all the great games we're bringing to market. Uh, we've talked about this being uh, the greatest games lineup in Xbox history. I've been on Xbox for fifteen years. Uh, it does feel like we're meeting that bar. We started the holiday off with Rare Replay uh, mm. this summer. Great title, did really well. In fact, uh, got great reviews, also exceeded our sales projections and sold out at retail in the first week. We had to kind of chase that, which is a nice nice feeling in this business. You never know how many people are going yeah, to buy it. Yeah, totally. Like, it's, know, it's, 30, it's a weird games. It's a, it's a weird prospect. But it, it's it's interesting. Like That one was particularly interesting. I mean, I, I know it's like Rare wasn't always, obviously, a you know Microsoft studio. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where like the Xbox brand now has been around long enough to where there is that nostalgia factor starting to form around the early days of Xbox and even, you know, obviously like further back with, with rare, mm-hmm. like it's kind of neat to see that starting to, to happen. Yeah. And a lot of the titles on there were 360 titles, you right. know, so yeah. you had banjo and you had Jetpack and you had a number of the titles that, uh, you know, we weren't all, I'd say, I think about maybe 20 to, to 30% of them were Xbox gen titles, mm-hmm. uh, which is, which is pretty interesting for 30 years of history. Yeah. So that title did well. Then we launched uh, Gears Ultimate Edition. Uh, same kind of uh, reaction. I know Jeff wasn't a fan, but, uh, but <laughs> oh, the rest man. of the world seemed to like it, and so that's good. <laughs> uh, it's a great it, game in 2006. It, it's done. <laughs> I, well, I mean, that's another example, though, of like, yeah. I mean, it is, A, I can't believe I'm sitting here saying that Gears of War came out almost a decade ago, but but B, it's like that, even that thing is, is to a degree, a nostalgia piece for people at this point. It like, is. Like, 360 doesn't feel like it was that long ago Mm-mm. and yet well like, that's a tremendous it, it's period interesting of time. when you go back to gears one yeah. on the 360 yeah. like this game that like established the 360 in a lot of ways Absolutely. of just like you know setting the tone for a lot of the multiplayer stuff and a lot of these other things you know like graphically and you look at it now you're like man i guess that really was a long time ago yeah yeah um, i remember at the time i i remember saying i've never seen anything that looks like that you know it's just so stunning and uh, you know the helicopter scene where they're flying over the you know the the design of the game the art and then uh, now you're right like it's uh, it's amazing to go back and say well, that was cutting edge uh, but I think they've done a good job remastering it that title by the way has also sold really well for us same situation we actually had we had it stock out at retail which is kind of unusual for us for the first two games and then our third big first party release was Forza Motorsport mm-hmm. uh, six which uh, same uh, doing very very well. 
but of course the big dog is next week with halo five. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, well, this will run before I have things to say about halo, <laughs> but you'll have to wait. I, I we could, you know, I, we could hold this if you want to just, do you want to hold forth? Yeah. Do you want to, sure. do you want to talk? Yeah. Do you want to do you want to dispense with some real talk? Sure. We could yeah, do, we let's could just hold, hold this, this until after the Halo review embargo. Okay, fine. And then all right, let's do that. <laughs> that game's really good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. That, it's uh, yeah, it's amazing. The like the frame rate goes such a long way uh, with that. That yep. it was it was it really caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoyed Halo Four. I still think Three is like the the high water mark. Uh, in in a lot of ways, just in terms of like the things it established uh for the franchise. But this is. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. It feels very different with the the four player kind of you know get you up mechanics and stuff yeah. like that. It's yeah. I am I am surprised. Uh, yeah, I played through the whole campaign, and uh, I am the game's marketing guy, so you gotta you know take out the grain. <laughs> it's the uh, best game ever made. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it is it is my is the favorite Halo game I've played. Uh, but I think a lot of it was it, I think it it really does feel like this was. The Halo game three four three always wanted to make. You know, they built this on a whole new engine. The using the uh, the cloud and co op and a lot of the innovation they brought to the game. I think the verticality verticality of the design, uh, some of the modernization. You know, being able to ground pound from up high is pretty pretty badass. Yeah. Uh, and I love the story. I mean, it's just you start playing it and you're like, oh, this is it. This is what makes Halo so special is it has this re, re, really rich deep story uh and i like the you know being able to play as chief and lock and it felt to me like the game kind of got better you know you got to do more stuff you got to use more new weapons just you know it kind of built on which as a player i kind of you know get excited doing that um so i think the team you know has done a great job but of course you know jeff it's in your hands uh <laughs> to, to to say if if it, if it meets the bar i think that you know for me it's it's it like it's it's doing the thing that you know, uh, like Halo Two did in a lot of ways mm-hmm. of like telling these two stories at the same time, but mm-hmm. instead of the arbiter, you've got the the other team, right? Yeah. And for me, I actually so the the, th- the thing I'll say about the story is that uh, they clash too early, and then it, well, I, it's it's the sort of thing where all the marketing is very much built around. Lock versus Master Chief. Like I've, I've seen those like front yard ads, the like political yeah. campaign stuff. And oh, that yeah. is that is <laughs> so not that game. You know, that is like the first hour or two hours of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it gets into it, it, it. So it led to a case where like it's telling the story that I want to hear more about the yeah. the Cortana. You kind of search for Cortana, yeah. uh, sort of thing. Like yeah. that's that's fascinating bit of yeah. you know like uh, of the halo story you know going all the way back to the the original game uh so it, it gets to a point like around the mid part i feel like where Locke's story matters way less obviously he's very pivotal in the mm-hmm. conclusion but like mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. team for for a game that was like built up as like these two things being equal and clashing yeah like he feels like a total afterthought Chief story is what you care about but that's that's always been halo I, right i really like rolling around with buck though i have to say <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there are certainly Maybe elements of yeah. those characters. Yeah. yeah, though I guess actually I'd say that like those characters are more lively in a sense than like the you know Fred and Linda, right? And, yeah. Like the I mean, the you people. have Chief and his team, but I th- yeah, you're right. I, I Chief's think- kind of a downer sometimes. I mean, let's be honest, he can he's, he can be a little morose. He's been in the shit a little too long, maybe. You know, <laughs> he's had a tough sure. go. I mean, yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> the lady inside his head is gone. Yeah. Like there's yeah. all kinds of shit. Yeah, I guess I can't I can't hold it against him. Yeah, I think fans will respond positively to Locke and his team, and I mm. think Buck's great too. Yeah. And so I think that is kind of the fun of it, uh, being able to play in co-op. And yeah, well, I think. You know, you're right. We largely marketed the game around 
you know, this hunt the truth campaign and having mm-hmm. these two heroes. And, uh, it allowed us to do a lot of really fun stuff creatively. It's been a very fun game to market, uh, reaction and numbers and engagement we've seen has all been really, really strong. Uh, you know, and, but of course the most important thing is that you make a great game. And so I, I'm really proud of what three, four, three has achieved. One of yeah. the, one of the things that Jeff has mentioned as he was playing through the game, he kept saying like, you know, the, the frame rate really goes a long way. Like it is yeah. a great looking game and yeah. it makes me wonder locking the frame rate. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, obviously, you know, you don't you don't run for three four three. I don't know how much you can speak to this, but like out in the public, kind of since the consoles were introduced, you know, as the the launches approached and stuff, you know, the PS4 gained a reputation. You know, they've got a little bit of a a little bit of a horsepower edge on you guys. I mean, it's not tremendous, but like I, it made me wonder if like that, you know, getting the game looking amazing and running really smoothly was like a a main priority from a development standpoint, or even just from a marketing standpoint in kind of fighting those perceptions or saying like, yeah, you know, we can bring it to when we put our minds to it. Like was it was, that, was, it was, was something that three, four, three drove entirely. Yeah. There was no marketing, mm-hmm. uh, sort of, you know, secret mission here. Uh, but the, uh, the team, you know, they have a great team. They have a great technical team. They have, you know, a great set of engineers and they made the decision to do the variable, um, resolution, but then to lock on the 60 frames per second. And, you know, it's been great as a player to play that. I had the same reaction. I was yeah. like, wow, this is, you know, just totally the right decision. I saw, if you guys saw what Digital, Digital Foundry did a video about right. it, yeah. uh, I thought was pretty impressive. Uh, and so the reaction seems to be good. And I think it may set the tone for how other games like that uh, will be developed in the future. Cause we've seen where frame rate jumps around. Uh, it's just not as smooth of an experience. And even, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you've got your resolution locked somewhere high, but right. the frame rate's all over the place, like it, that impacts the experience, exactly. you know, whereas exactly. like, you know, the, the resolution drops and stuff like that. Like I, you know, I think I might've noticed once through yeah. that campaign, right, right. there's a spot where it's like, Oh, that seems a little blurry. Right. But it was like, like a split second. It's gone. Yeah. Whereas that frame rate, you feel it every step of the exactly. way. And that's why you want it to look good and play good. And so I think they, they chose the right balance there. And, uh, yeah, glad you guys had the same reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of stuff's happened with your platform. Yes. The last couple of years. Um, you know, Connect's not in the box anymore. Yep. Uh, the the front end is changing. Uh, voice commands are maybe not as prior or no, not not all prioritized in yeah. cases where people don't have the the camera. Uh, has it been a challenge, kind of being out there, being the guy responsible for like messaging to the masses why they need this thing when the kind of the goalposts have been moving a lot? You know, like the the tone and. And all that stuff has been changing so much. Well, I'm pretty excited about where we are because, you know, I, I took this this role uh, that I'm in now about a year and a half ago, uh, not too long after Phil Spencer came in as the head of Xbox. And so, you know, led by Phil and the rest of our team, we just really refocused on games as the priority. And that, that's what we love. That's what Xbox has always been about. And so, um, you know, I think we got the train back on the tracks. And it's great to see. Uh, I think if you look at our commitment and in building great AAA games. You look at all the titles we're bringing to market this holiday. Uh, you know, I think we're delivering more games than, uh, you know, than any first party team in the industry right now. And, and, you know, we have a lot of innovation happening, whether it's on new controllers, the new, uh, Xbox one experience, et cetera. So, and if you look at our 2016 lineup, which we showed a lot of that at, um, Gamescom, you can mm-hmm. see that it's not, it's not just this year. In fact, we actually have more games next year than we do this year. So I think we're, you know, it feels good. It feels like we're, we're delivering. I know we're, you know, uh, uh, sort of the challenger brand. We're the, you know, uh, close second behind Sony and we're going to continue to focus on what we think our customers want, which is great games. So what was it like? I mean, you know, obviously, you know, Phil came in and, yeah. you know, like, 
did it feel like okay like you, you mentioned kind of getting the train back on track mm-hmm. so like how far off did it feel when you when you got into that stepped into that role was it like yeah. all right roll up your sleeves like we've got to <laughs> figure this out immediately start shoveling yeah uh it, it felt like we had lost our way and uh and i think we lost our focus on our fans you know and who our customer is and i think any company or brand that goes through that um you know that's when you misstep and so i you know we had the people here that had been around forever uh a lot of that same foundation was here uh and so uh i think you know being able to get the org back focused in the right way phil I, I tease him and call him the white knight, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, I've actually always said, Hey, you should come out. Like I suggest you should come out at E3, like on a white horse. Sure. And if you know, Phil, like, he would never do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I suggested maybe like Putin style, with, like no shirt on, <laughs> you know, I'm like, come on people. No, people Dra- would remember that dragging a dead tiger behind him. Right. Just exactly. Slayed. Yeah. So yeah. he didn't do that, but he did, uh, I think really get our studios teams focused on great games, the platform teams focused on the right level of innovation and really back focused on. And for me, you know, we, as the marketing uh, lead, I, you know, for games, I really love us doing more fan-focused engagement and getting back to what our roots of what Xbox Live was about, what the original Xbox was about, uh, by gamers for gamers. And I think we're, I think we're doing that again, and we're going to continue to to focus and improve there. You were telling us before we started. I mean, you've been there through every Xbox, like you've yes. seen the whole thing through. What were you, what were you doing before you stepped into the head marketing position? Uh, I had a bunch of different roles. So my background was in data and analytics. So I was our mm-hmm. business manager on Xbox for the first few years. I used to do a lot of data and, um, all kinds of analysis on the industry and all that. And then, um, and then somebody told me, listen, if you want to have a career at Microsoft, uh, you got to go work in marketing. And they were like, you know, Steve Ballmer, Robbie Bach, all these people are kind of the head guys at the time, all did a stint in marketing. And so I went and did, um, moved and went and did Xbox Live uh, marketing for, for a mm. couple of years. That was really fun. Uh, I think we, at that time, grew Xbox Live members. We doubled it from 2 million to 4 million members. Uh, <laughs> probably uh, a pretty easy story to tell, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, we're yeah. experiencing growth. Yeah, it was like the starter kit days. And then, uh, yeah. and then we worked on the launch with 360. Uh, and then they started using me as a spokesperson, uh, and we didn't really have uh, people that are out there, you know, talking to the media as much. Uh, and so I did that, and then uh, for a while I ran our corporate communications. Uh, so I did kind of exec produced E3 and our global gaming mm-hmm. events, and then also was in PR and a spokesperson. And then I actually went and was chief of staff to Don Matrick, uh, and stayed in that role for about three and a half years before. Uh, he laughed. I worked for a couple other people. And then um, then I moved into this marketing role about a year and a half ago. So uh, if we can roll it back a little bit, yeah. uh, you, you, you talk, I mean, being there from kind of the, the days of, you know, the, the start of Xbox Live and all that other stuff and, mm-hmm. and kind of the transition to 360. Can, what was it like around then? Because, you know, from from our perspective, it seemed like, OK, Microsoft pulled the plug on the Xbox in a big way yeah. to get the 360 out the door and, and jumpstart, you know, kind of the the next generation like what what was the the feeling like internally at that time well you know the xbox was really built as like a with off-the-shelf parts and it was kind of done really quickly Mm -hmm. um it was fun and exciting at the time because it was this like small little renegade group that had put this project together and um 
I joined a little bit after it just got greenlit. So they're like, okay, the project's approved. Let's go hire some people. And uh, so I spent a lot of time like going to Japan and learning a lot about just learning about the business. We just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when when uh, when we transitioned to Xbox 360, you know, the original Xbox, we made a number of bets that I think were really strategic, like putting the hard drive in every console and putting the Ethernet port in. If you remember at the time, like the Dreamcast yeah. had, you know, you, we, you know, had the um, had the dial up, and mm-hmm. a lot of people thought we were crazy for doing broadband. Seems silly now, but uh, but all those things had costs, and particularly the hard drive. And um, so we were taking a pretty big loss on our hardware, mm-hmm. and so uh, and we really wanted to evolve to a place where we had a more integrated system with Xbox 360, where Xbox Live was built in, and we wanted to bring in high definition gaming and a lot of things that 360 could do. And and so uh, I think we did transition from xbox original xbox to xbox 360 uh you know as fast as we could yeah it, yeah it seemed like you know like the maybe the die had been cast on like the sales part of that story yeah it just seemed like i knew that was yeah. from our end it was this weird thing where it's like you know you've got this console that's like clearly more powerful than the competition but yeah. like there are so many more ps2s out there especially worldwide yes where you're just like you know and we see it in terms of uh, like most directly, I think how we see it is in terms of like which versions of games show up mm-hmm. uh, from third parties. Yeah, and you had to fight to get Xbox builds of stuff back yeah. then because they were like, "We're sending you PS2 because that's the one we want you to cover because that's the one we spent all our time on because that's the one that people are going to buy. That's yeah. the one we want you to promote in your top slot and and all this sort of stuff." And then you know, obviously, like that flipped big time to the 360. Yeah. Um, whereas, like you know, the the third parties that were you know shipping across multiple platforms, like. They weren't sending out a ton of PS3 discs. Yeah, you know, and we had with the original Xbox, you know, we launched after Sony. We were, you know, clearly the more powerful box, but we had to invest a lot in our own in our own games. We even made our own sports titles, if right. you remember yeah, at the time. Yeah. So Fever. Oh, yeah, we had NFL Fever. XSN. XSN Sports. <laughs> oh, God, that's right. <laughs> that's right. There was a lot of innovation there in the early days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Crimson Skies, Mecha Saul. We did a golf game we did a baseball game yeah. In, inside mlb In, inside pitch inside pitch the, the was it or inside game? drive inside drive inside drive i think yeah we did a hockey game yeah yeah so, so, so did, did that come out of this idea of like hey we're new to the game we don't know if ea is gonna come we don't know if all these third parties are gonna be interested so we better do it ourselves yeah i mean we knew what we knew was what ga- our customers wanted and what they expected and so we wanted to make sure we had the right portfolio to match that. We obviously ended up getting EA's support. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Dreamcast had launched without EA's support. Right, and you saw what and, happened. Yeah, so they, they were, you know, kind of a kingmaker, and they had a you know pretty tight relationships at that time with, with PlayStation, and so we weren't going to bet on it. And over time, as we got a lot of EA's support, we took our internal resources and moved them to other projects yeah. um, off of sports. But, you know, and sports was a bigger genre back then too. Totally. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, it was really interesting to see how that, and I'm really proud of what the team did. You know, that was, um, really have to recognize Peter Moore and all that he did for our business. He led us through that transition to Xbox 360. He was a great leader for the team. He had a lot of vision, uh, great guy to work for and, uh, really, really have fond memories of those times when, you know, we were putting tattoos on his arm, uh, with, you know, Halo. And then I remember we did the Grand Theft Auto yeah, sure. one. And so, uh, you know, but he was in there, sleeves rolled up in the trenches with everybody. And, uh, yeah, it was, I think we, you know, uh, did something very special with Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and we're continuing to write more chapters now. Yeah. yeah. 360 launch to me, like at launch, the 360 is still one of the most exciting products that's ever come out in video games to me. For like, for me, it represented the point where, 
you got completely away from the old eight bit Nintendo paradigm of just like stick a game in, push a button, and you're immediately at the title screen playing the game. And like it made it made a platform ecosystem make sense to me. You know, yeah. it's like here's why you would turn on the system and not even load up a game because there's all this other stuff. You know, achievements and like the cross game messaging and invites and stuff. Like there were so many like fundamental innovations with online stuff there. Yeah, when, uh, fa- when, when 360 launched, there wasn't Facebook, there wasn't Twitter. Right. You know, so we brought this like social network to your living room. And uh, there's a lot of innovation from that team, as you talked about achievements and having live built in. And, you know, we had some of that basic functionality with Xbox Live with the original Xbox, but 360 is where it really came together. And I think it became more mainstream. Um, and, uh, yeah. And here now we see the whole industry. I mean, multiplayer, there's multiplayer only games now are launching. Right. Yeah. You know, you've got, Evolve and Rainbow Six and, you know, a lot of these titles that are, that clearly sell based on that alone. Um, whereas at the time it was, you know, will you add that to your campaign game? Yeah. It felt like, I mean, you know, you probably look at like 07 or something like that, mm-hmm. like Call of Duty 4 and stuff yeah. like that is like the, that switch of like, okay, now multiplayer is not just a bullet point on the back of your box. Like this is the thing that's going to sell your game if you mm-hmm. get it right. And yeah, yeah now it's totally Totally and we're very much at that same point in our in our generation now where you know we're in that third holiday and we're seeing that people are getting enough time with the hardware to really build great games and uh, I think you know this holiday I mean holy cow I mean you've got Fallout 4 you've got Tomb Raider we talked about our titles with Halo and Forza and Gears and Rare Replay Call of Duty Star Wars Battlefront and like these like every week there's like one or two more games and so it's just kind of nonstop and um yeah, leading into December with uh, with Rainbow Six. So, hopefully, gamers have saved up their money this year because there's a lot more <laughs> yeah, games to play than than any holiday I can remember. Yeah, there's a there's a whole lot of stuff. It, it's definitely you know like I feel like last year we were building kind of like top ten lists almost begrudgingly. Yep. <laughs> this feeling of like okay, there are some gems here, mm-hmm. but like the number ten game on my list is maybe not my you know yeah wouldn't make the cut in a lot of other years. This yeah. year, like it's. Uh, a very, very different story. Yeah. It's almost almost an embarrassment of riches this year. Yeah. yeah. So many good games coming out. Yeah. Did it feel, you know, in, in the kind of, you know, as, as as words getting out about the, the Xbox One in, in the lead up to launch and, and getting partners on board, the thing I've heard from some developers is that, you know, the, the people with money uh, were not quick to green light a lot of projects because there was some hesitance as to whether or not consoles still mattered. Uh, and that it took a little bit longer for that money to show up. Like, kind of, once the the you know PS4 and Xbox One hit and started selling, yeah, everyone was like, okay, no, people still want this stuff. Like, spin up the game <laughs> machine, let's get it going. Uh, and that's why we saw you know like a you know a year plus of ports of 360 and PS3 games up to the next generation. Does that does that hold true? Was it was it hard to get third parties on board from, you know, from what you know? Well, you know, I was in a lot of the meetings with our third party partners and we were disclosing our next gen platform. And yeah. they, they were by default supporting us pretty strongly and I think frankly our leadership position in 360, they and many most of them their position was they felt like that last gen had kind of caught them off guard and um, they weren't sure, you know, they had previously been more PS2 focused and then they kind of went by default to PS3, but it launched a year later and at a higher price. And so they, you know, and then they ended up, ended up by default, most, most of them kind of choosing 360 as their primary platform in the middle of all that. Then they started making Wii games too. So I think they were just like, Hey, we got to get this next gen. Where's the money now? Okay. Yeah. We'll do that for 18 months. and then Yeah. So you know, I think in that case, I think we did a lot of good things. You know, we had a lot of good partnerships um, out of the gate and we had, you know, uh, from a third party partner standpoint, 
we did some stuff with EA and I think what you're seeing with EA access and some of that is right, some great right. innovation there. And we had Titanfall as a title that we had from them, et cetera. Um, so, uh, yeah, but then you're right. We did have, there were naysayers, um, on the business side and analyst side that were kind of like, well, console markets down, you know, we don't know, you know, mm-hmm. everyone's playing mobile and tablet games. Now it's, you know, uh, is there really an industry for Call of Duty and Halo or is it all now, you know, Clash of Clans? And so, um, so yeah, we had, uh, you know, we had our slide deck of, you know, what our projections were based on industry experts. And we believe that the console market is cyclical and that it would come back and that you have a set of core gamers that will buy as early adopters. And there's another wave after that. And we know roughly how big that those groups are and how many games they buy. And yeah, they showed up. I mean, the thing people don't realize is, if you look at Xbox One sales month by month to where we are today compared to Xbox 360, we're outselling Xbox 360 every month. And in fact, we're widening the gap right now. So I know competitively, you know, we're in a much more competitive position with Sony. But um, as we rate ourselves against our against how we did on Xbox 360, more consoles are being sold mm-hmm. and more games are being sold. Um, and uh, so from that standpoint, you know, the patient uh, is very healthy. But yeah, that just speaks highly to the health of the business in general, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah, and you look at, I mean, I look at like EA stock or I look at how sure, our third-party yeah. partners are doing and uh, they're largely doing very well. Do you guys, at, at this point in the life cycle of the platform and the brand and et cetera, et cetera, uh, and the competition being what it is, do you guys think of what type of consumer you're more interested in going after or more likely to win over? I mean, do you... Are you looking more at like kind of 360 fans that haven't made the jump to any platform yet? Are you looking at kind of all those PS4 owners out there saying like we need to convince them why they also need an Xbox? Like is there kind of the ideal consumer that you're looking at? Our primary focus has been to migrate our Xbox 360 owners uh, and it's very much like a – you know, sort of the, the model of like political party where you got to win your base. Mm -hmm. And so as we looked at the majority of where our volume would come from, we looked at people most likely to purchase an Xbox one. It was people that owned an Xbox 360. Um, now what we've seen is, and we've seen a lot, you know, uh, of those people that are buying had 360s from before. Um, but we're seeing also a pretty good influx of people that are new to console. And that's largely people that are, Hey, you know, I've turned, 13 and I want my first console or what have you, or a family that's ready to get a console as they have, you know, family members of age that are like ready for console gaming. Uh, and they were probably too young, uh, when the 360 was out. So that's a new segment. And then I do think now going forward, we'll start to see more, we'll start to see PS4, uh, owners and dual owners becoming, uh, a significant part of the volume too. Uh, especially we, we look at the, the purchase intent among PS4 owners to buy an Xbox one is pretty high. Um, and particularly driven by the exclusive titles that we have. So they want to play Halo or gears or Forza and, um, you know, they'll buy the console to play those games. Yeah. That, that seems like, you know, if, if like you had to pick a strength for the Xbox brand, like I, it seems like it is the games, mm-hmm. uh, the, the first party studios like cranking out stuff on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, like obviously like that's kind of everyone's ideal, but it's, it's been the one thing you look at Sony's portfolio, like the first party is just not getting it done. Yeah. Um, and, and that's been interesting to see them pull this like big sales lead and all this other stuff. Does it feel, to feel like the early days of Xbox One kind of set up PS4 for this success. I mean, obviously, like, you know, the the initial announcement of the machine, the confusion around a lot of the always online stuff prior to launch and, and a lot of that seemed like, you know, you talk about that 360 base. Yeah. 
do you think that like that messaging was so damaging that you still have some of those people out there that are like, well, I'm not going to upgrade because this thing has to be on the Internet or, you know, like those sorts of problems. (laughs) You know, we don't hear a lot of the online stuff, but what we do see is first impressions are really hard to change. And so I think price perception was that we were the more expensive console. Uh, They did get out of the gates Mm -hmm. faster than us. Um and uh, so we've just really, you know, gotten down to really focusing on the fundamentals and uh, really putting our fans at the center of everything we do, focusing on the fans and making sure we're building great games for them. Shipping high quality games on time is extremely hard. And so, yeah. you know, we're kind of knock on wood, just really grateful that we've been able to do that with a pretty high degree of success. Um, but we've been there. We know, you know, I know with Uncharted moving out, we've been there with our titles where, hey, we wanted a title to come in and it just took some more time. And, uh, you know, um, so it, it will happen to us too at times. So, I, you know, I just totally understand that's the nature of the business. But I think I think we are getting to be known as the console that has the best games. And I think we are kind of getting back into that uh, kind of games leadership position uh, and doing other innovations with live and the live service and uh, backward compatibility is another great example of something that I think will differentiate us. And so this holiday, we will start to see more of a uh, beyond just a core game or more of a mainstream buyer, uh, more gift giving. And, and so uh, a lot of those people did own 360s. A lot of those people are going to want ep- ep- to protect their investment with backward compatibility. And a lot of those people are going to be like, hey, I want to, I want to, where can I play Halo 5? And so uh, Halo alone will drive a lot of migration. Uh, if you've been, if you have a 360 today, and you weren't interested in any of the games in the first two years, like there's still, you know, you make a good case that it's like, Hey, I haven't needed to upgrade. I mean, we made mm-hmm. most of our titles still for three sixty. You still get Madden and FIFA and Forza has been on three sixty. So I mean, even metal gear and destiny are still, you know, exactly. like third parties are still there. Exactly. And so now as the first holiday where I really go like, okay, like if I'm waiting, I kind of, now it's the time to do it. And so, uh, we've been a little more aggressive with our bundles. We have, I think, 12 or 13 different bundle offers this holiday. So basically, whatever your favorite title is, from Tomb Raider to Fallout to Halo, we have a bundle with that with that, uh, with that that title. Yeah. Most importantly, <clears throat> you guys announced a new Rare game. Like you're, you're letting Rare make games again. That's, yes. <laughs> that is so exciting to me. I know. I was just there last week, actually. Like you want to talk about the future of the platform. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. Rare's an incredible team. It is one of my absolute favorite studios to go visit. And, uh, you know, they've got a great leadership team there. And so it's exciting. I think what they're, what they did, I was with them sitting out there when they kind of pitched the idea of the rare replay and the 30 years history and to be able to say, Hey, we want to be able to celebrate those. But then kind of now the new chapter is sea of thieves and to create a game that's truly rare. And I think very innovative, very fun. Uh, we've been playing the prototypes and just having an absolute blast. We had kudos Sonoda and myself and a few other folks, uh, were out there last week and, uh, we played again and we're really excited about the game and we're seeing some of the, uh, the visuals and everything. And I think, I think that game's going to be, uh, going to be a great game and it is fun to see rare kind of go be able to make what they want to make. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's no surprise to people who keep up with this website that we are huge fans of the stuff they did on the 360 and yeah. it's it, yeah. the stuff they do. Is, well, for one thing, I dug into Sea of Thieves a little bit and looked at some of the names and then looked and was like, oh, that guy also directed Viva Pinata. Like, this yeah. is amazing. But yeah. like they, yeah. a lot of the stuff they do is a nice counterbalance to the more gritty, shooty, you know, Gears, Halo, the, like a lot of... I mean, even Forza to a certain extent yeah. is very much like, here's this kind of, you know, like dude-focused <laughs> video games. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but sure. Um, yeah. You know, see if these seems like the sort of thing that could could reach wider. But that's I mean, that's always been rare strength. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. in, in in making games that really can appeal to anyone, you know, it's one of those things where it's like 
demographically or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if like either Brad or I are in the the A group for Viva Pinata, <laughs> but man, I fucking love Viva Pinata. Yeah. Oh man, it was so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and nuts and bolts. Yeah. Banjo nuts and bolts. Yeah. Still waiting. Still waiting. Still waiting on the yeah. sequel. Nuts and bolts. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I feel like we're the only ones left I waiting know. for that sequel to Nuts and Bolts. It's my favorite game of 2008. Everybody else is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see what else Rare does, but I think you know they've taken a pretty ambitious project with Sea of Thieves, and I agree. I think it is a great concept, and they were very convicted about it. And you know, it wasn't a case where we were looking at two or three things. It was very clear from the start that this is what they wanted to make. They really had passion around it. I don't think anyone's done what they're trying to do with this kind of open shared world experience. And, you know, the, you know, the canvas of, you know, pirates and boats and the legends and things you do with your crew and all the stuff that can happen out of that is, uh, I think just going to be awesome. And you're right. Like even for us as marketers, we're kind of like, so who's our target audience for this? You know, cause <laughs> right. like by default, we really kind of look at most people that buy our games. It's, it is, you know, tends to be, you know, largely male kind of core gamers, but I would argue CFDs will bring in a lot, a much more broader audience, uh, but also delight the core, which is, I think kind of the magic of, of what rare has done with mm-hmm. their games over the years. Yeah. You have a pinata. Great example. Of that. <clears throat> totally. Yeah. Yeah. On the, the, on the, on the third party side too, or well, it's kind of the weird hybrid first third party where you're working with external developers. Obviously, Rare is a Microsoft studio, but yes. you guys are still, you've been doing this for a while. You know, you're out there working with Platinum and like yeah. you're doing ReCore and like there's like you're, you're willing to throw some money at other developers doing exciting and offbeat things to get those onto your platform. Yeah. Uh, do you guys still feel empowered? You know, now that the, there's kind of this big regime change at Microsoft as a whole, you know, with like CEO on down, it's kind of a lot of new management. Like, do you feel like the Xbox division is going to continue to be empowered to go out and make those deals and, and kind of get that stuff onto the platform? Yeah. I mean, it's all about the commitment to having great games and uh, what we call them published titles. So we have a publishing group yeah. and basically what they do is they know that there's a bunch of great developers out there that make some of the best games in the world, but they like to be independent. And so whether it was Insomniac and what we did with Sunset or what we're doing with Platinum and, and Skillbound, uh, or the same uh, with Quantum Break and Remedy. You know, these are when so we're uh, we treat them very much like internal studios. We just don't own them, and uh, and so that's our publishing business. It's helped us, I think, uh, invest in some new things. Uh, particularly, we tend to make more like kind of new IP bets in that space. Um, whereas uh, you know our existing, you know, whether it's Turn Ten with Forza or Halo with Three Four Three or Coalition with Gears, you know, they're kind of our big IPs or tend to be built by internal teams. But it is fun to kind of see what these guys come up with and getting to work with a developer like Platinum and their rich heritage or Remedy and what they've done. Uh, making games now exclusively for us is a, is a great opportunity. Hmm. Let's talk about uh, the the dashboard stuff, the the new Xbox experience. Is yeah. that something that you know? I mean, obviously, like you know, it, it feels like a a pivot in a way to like you know, all the early talk was very much like, hey, let's talk about television. Hey, let's talk about watching Netflix on your game console. Like, I mean, literally, like I, yeah. I remember, like it was like Phil and a couple other people came into the office uh, a little bit before launch just to chat. Yeah, and I think a lot of us, it was some of the folks from GameSpot, and then I think Brad and I, a lot of us were like, "Oh, here's where they're gonna like come in and go." All right, we get it, video games. And instead, they were like, "So, what are you watching lately?" Oh boy, and I'm just like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" Like, it was one of those things where, like, walking walking out of that meeting, it was this feeling of just like they don't realize what's about to happen to them. Uh, and, and as soon as this thing launches, like as soon as they get out of the market, like this is they don't 
this is not the Microsoft, the same company that did the Xbox 360. Like something is is going on. It, it feels like you know all this stuff is lining up. You know, you, you talk about you know uh, the the slogan being like the greatest games and the, you know the, yeah. all that all that and yeah. and this seems to be happening kind of on the heels of that. Is there some kind of, kind of attempt to just like hey let's refocus the, even the on console experience around games and maybe kind of push some of that other stuff a little bit further to the outside? Yeah, I mean, I think. A lot of it is, you know, we sit in meetings every day, every week, and we talk about the games, we talk about the business, we talk about the platform, and, you know, we, there's just things at the platform that we wanted to change and make better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to be faster. Yeah, we wanted the, we thought the UI could be more intuitive, and we learned, you know, and so that's the nice thing about, I think, you know, us as kind of a core software company is that, you know, we look at where what people are doing on the dashboard what they're spending time where they're having trouble that's how we you know we obviously we improved party chat we just you know we kept you know we added screenshots and you know keep innovating but then there was a point where it's like actually it makes sense for us to redesign the ui and uh and to do that in a way that will improve performance and so that was one of the primary benefits but i think as you go through it and use it um you know where the product ended up uh i think you know, and we've seen in preview, people have been really positive on it. And, um, you know, these are always hard. It's very subjective, sort of how you design things, but, uh, we've made it more intuitive and, and aligns more to how people are using the system now that we've had more time to, to kind of learn from that. I was, I've continued to be shocked at how early, I mean, we on the press side, but also even kind of end users were let into the preview program for this new dashboard, yeah. uh, to the point that, when we got the email from Microsoft PR saying like, hey, we want to let you in early and see all this stuff. Here's the known issues list. And it was like, it was stuff like, hey, Destiny the Taken King doesn't launch. Right. And it was just like, this is not ready for prime time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't install like, it, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, totally. We were, I mean, yeah, we were like, we were like, well, shit, we need to review games on production hardware. I went, I went through we the can't. opt-in process on my Xbox at home and then yeah. saw the known issues list after. And I was like, Nope. Well, we've got Xboxes here that are not on yeah. it. So if, if you know all yeah. else fails, like I can grab one of these and, and get some work done. Well, that was uh, true testing. We really yeah. needed it to get out at scale. We wanted people to you know find bugs, run into things, and help us fix it before we released it more broadly. Yeah. So. And on the one hand, I totally get it. Obviously, like putting it out in the public gives you way more feedback than you could ever yeah. get internally. But yeah. like, did, does it make your job harder to have to be out there selling like why this is an improved experience when a bunch <laughs> of people are posting on NeoGAF or whatever, going like this is broken and this doesn't launch and fuck this thing well that's the kind of feedback we want frankly we want to know about that and most of those issues and stuff were things we didn't know about till we started testing and then we add them to the known issues list and then we fix them and so that's the how the you know kind of beta or preview processes work and uh, people opt in and there's a lot of people that want the thing unfinished they want to see it early they mm-hmm. want to kind of play with yeah. it and yeah. i mean you've seen our core guys right it's I'm, fun to bang on jeff, jeff jeff is that guy like you're you're fast ring windows 10 yeah i've been running windows 10 for months now right it's right like, you know, it's like yeah a, it's, it's yeah. fun sometimes to yeah. watch and everything then, break and go man wow yeah and I'm, I'm one of those types of people too but then of course when your parents are like hey sh-, nope just wait wait you know like <laughs> you know so you know you, it just depends on the type of customer you are uh, so a, a lot of that, you know, rebuild, you, you talk about kind of, you know, making the party chat and kind of some of the social experiences yeah. like a, a little bit kind of further forward. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, at the same time, like the world has changed since mm-hmm. the Xbox 360 came out. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, you know, social media wasn't what it was then. And, and, and now it is. And, and everyone's got a phone now that does so many different things. Like, do you see like long term? Oh, well, I guess, you know, like. 
I don't use any of the social functionality on an Xbox One or a PS4 anymore mm-hmm. because now it's Twitter. Now it's yep. Facebook. Like yep. I have these networks that I'm like fully ingrained in. Sure. I don't want to build a friends list uh, every time. And, yeah. you know, like, you know, you can integrate Facebook in some sure. ways on PS4 and, and some other yep. ways here and there. But do you see that needing to change dramatically at some point down the line if it goes this way? Or are the numbers say like, hey, you know what? Plenty of people are messaging each other, each other on the Xbox One. Obviously, it needs to be in there in this native closed. Because right now, the only messages I get on an Xbox One are people trying to get me to click on links for free iPads. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like it's. I don't know what happened, but at some point, yeah. Xbox Live spam became a yeah. thing, and now that's all I get. I'm getting I'm a whole like, bunch of what? like 48 hour Xbox Live gold fishing. Well, that's stuff. been the stuff that that stuff's been there for years. Yeah. Now it's literally like. I got a free Apple Watch, and so can you. Go to this address. And I'm like, what happened? Yeah, yeah. What is happening here? So, yeah, that's the yeah that is the downside of the internet in general. But you're, you're right. Um, you know, it's there for people that want to use it. You don't have to use it. You can use your own existing social networks. And you know, the key idea I think is to find people you can play with. I, I believe the best online experiences when you're playing with your friends and people that you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so being able to do that in a way where you can communicate with them and see if they're online. And a lot of people spend a lot of time. They build a lot of friendships on live and and so to, and we've created a lot of things where you can share clips and you can right. you know comment on things and you can follow people and it's not for everyone but uh it's sort of you know customers can decide if they want it or not yeah, I, and, I think it's one of the things where like we're probably in a weird you know kind of special use case bubble also being sure. like in our positions too yeah. Um, you're, prob- you're probably like the last thing I want to do at night when I get home is to just randomly meet a bunch of gamers and uh, talk to them on Xbox Live. Like, I, I, I talk to a lot of people about video games a lot yeah, of the time. Yeah. And, and yeah, like I have, you know, like uh, I have the settings in such a way on the PS4 where people actually can't even send me messages anymore. Wow. Because uh, it's just one of those things where it's like it's, yeah. it's not there are too many inroads for yeah. those types of messages for me to get to them all. Sure. So at some point it's like, OK, I need to like funnel these to something that I can actually like manage. Um, so yeah, it, it probably is a case where we're like, we're in some, a weird situation here. Um, but it's just been fascinating. Like, cause I, yeah, yeah I, I look at it and go like, man, I don't think I've ever met one cool person playing call of duty over the years. Uh, <laughs> that, may, that might be know? more of a call of duty problem. Uh, I mean, but, you know, it's, it's a very popular game. You yeah. know? I mean, obviously, you know, but I, I could say the same thing about Forza or any number of different yeah. genres and stuff like that. You know, it's like, I, but anyway, enough about the past. Let's talk about the future. You've got this controller coming out. You've got a, a slate of games for 2016. Uh, but I guess what I really want to know is where do you see Xbox, the brand, uh, 12 months from now, like well, next holiday? Yeah, I think we're really focused on making great games and trying to get as many gamers to play those games as possible. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, you've seen we're obviously investing on the Xbox console. We're also investing on Windows 10. And um, so I think you'll continue to see a lot of investments across both those platforms from a uh, title standpoint. uh, Our big spring title is going to be quantum break uh, coming out uh, in April, Mm -hmm. first week of April. And uh, we're really excited about that. We uh, long time coming. Yeah. That one. Yeah. 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 But a team that always makes great games uh, and, you know, uh, definitely worth uh, the time. We sure don't need that title this holiday. Uh, we've got so much stuff, so it's great to have um, in uh, in the spring. And then we've also got uh, Killer Instinct uh, season three coming, right? Yeah, uh, for Ki fans. And then we uh, get into the rest of the year, which includes things like Recore and Scalebound and 
Crackdown and Halo Wars 2 and God, you know, that's right. Like, See if the, uh, like you guys have a lot uh, of a games. little title called Gears of War 4. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, like you've got okay. a yeah. now, that, now that you rattle them off like that, you've got a crazy number of games announced for an entire year from now. Like, yeah, even internally, the perception is like, okay, next year must be down from this year, and so everyone's kind of as we're doing a lot of planning right now for mm. next year too. But we actually go and look at um, our lineup. Uh, we will have more games next year. Oh based on the current slate. And so uh, it's exciting, but, um, but yeah, it'll be a similar challenge because, you know, we have a, a, you know, a new halo game and a new gears game in the same holiday, um, you know, plus some other titles we haven't announced yet. That's, cool. that's yeah. pretty much what we want to hear. You know, like Jeff was saying, after a year, year and a half of nothing but like HD remasters of <laughs> last gen games, like and, here and there know, are and, more and games the coming Chief out. Collection. You know, which yeah, is like one of those. As well, but yeah, it's yeah. it's good to see like the like I said the someone spun up the the video game machine and, and started to get them on a regular basis now. Yeah, yeah, you can thank Phil Spencer for all that, <laughs> <laughs> and Phil we trust. <laughs> yeah, I mean he was head of studios. He's the one that made those investments yeah. uh, before uh, you know he became head of Xbox, and so uh, and I think a lot of the teams under him and the, the the products they've made, the developers that we're working with, all that you know are seeds that were planted years ago, uh, and it's sort of nice to see them you know bearing fruit. Excellent, awesome, yeah. All right, well, I know you have to get out of here. We won't uh, take up any more of your precious time, but we really to stay with you guys. Yeah. But our PR people say, I have to "Yeah, leave. that's they crack the whip, and you got to jump." Right? Yeah. I can, I can put Scooter in check if you need to. I've done it before. I'll do it again. I'll do it again, man. Come on. I do make it through. I do commit the three hours to listen to the. We appreciate to that. your podcast. So we appreciate uh, that. But it's all good. I appreciate uh, you guys having me, and good to get to catch up a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good to yeah. see you. Yeah. Good luck this holiday. Thank you.